0: I have no idea, none whatsoever, if Derek Shelton is going to be the manager of this team when it gets good. A scenario and a phrase that a lot of people like to use as it relates to this guy. I have no idea. But I do know this. If he and Ben Harrington don't flip the switch toward taking these games that are happening right in front of them more seriously... He's got no chance. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovachowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. It'll be Pirates versus Yankees tonight at PNC Park, 7.05 p.m. First pitch. I know there's going to be people who are going, ooh, Yankees are in town. I'm not one of them. They're just another American League team for me. And to be honest with you, other than the three guys over there who used to play for Pittsburgh, I'm not even remotely familiar with their roster. But hey, there will be a ball game on the North Shore. And you know what? Shelton will be a little bit better of a manager for that ball game than he was over the weekend when he just so very badly messed up in his gross mishandling of Cam View, I don't need to go over that. If you're pressing play on a show called Daily Shot of Pirates, you know that View was out there, left out there, to die basically for 56 pitches in a single inning. Uh, a scene so cringeworthy that even the Brewers and Andrew McCutcheon were moved to comment on it, how uncomfortable they were. And look, I get that this is a subject that still doesn't move the needle for a lot of older baseball fans who, who tell me all the time that elbow injuries never used to happen and that all pitchers were Nolan Ryan, when in fact... Players were injured and had their careers ended all the time. It just didn't get anywhere near the attention or the exposure that we have now because of A, much more intensive media, and B, much more medical knowledge. Sandy Koufax had his career dramatically shortened. Some would argue that he was the best lefty of all time, and yet he never gets mentioned. In these conversations, it's always just Nolan Ryan. Uh, I'm not going to waste anyone's time here with a whole lot of discussion on whether or not pitch counts uh, are important, whether they're relevant, and whether or not there is such a thing as pitcher abuse. That is what it's called in baseball. It's pitcher abuse. And that's what we witnessed. That's what we witnessed out there. And Shelton knew it. Shelton knew it. You could see it and hear it in his halting, somewhat awkward responses when asked about it immediately after the game. And you could definitely see it and hear it the next day when he spoke passionately about having had multiple conversations with Vue. Didn't say what they were about, but one can only imagine. And then on top of that, gathering the entire bullpen together to speak with them. And again, didn't let you know exactly what it was, but I mean, what else would it be about? Because those guys lose trust in their manager. Those guys think, hey, he could do that to me someday. I'll tell you what, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I won't go so far as to suggest it was a fireable offense, but I will suggest that there are places where he'd have gotten fired or he would have gotten really close to it for something like that. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So how does this happen? How does a manager watch his pitcher out there give up 100 runs? I don't know what the exact count was, but I think there were like 10 batters before there was an out or something farcical like that. How does the manager watch that and prioritize, as Shelton himself would explain later, that he didn't want to bring in a position player right then in that spot in the eighth inning. Why? Well, I mean, it looks kind of bad optics-wise to take out a pitcher for a position player in mid-inning. I guess in some sideways reality, you could kind of buy into that, right? A little embarrassing. But more embarrassing than what we were watching? How does the manager not think to himself, you know what? Even though We had discussed beforehand, before the game, that we just weren't going to use another pitcher there. We just weren't going to waste another guy because there's another game tomorrow. How do you not just step out of that and move into that moment and say, I can't let this happen? Now, in giant but bold parentheses here... I want to throw in that Oscar Marine, his pitching coach, is standing just to his left. Marine should have been figuratively at Shelton's throat over what was going on. It's not the pitching coach's call, ultimately, but the pitching coach certainly can make a vocal difference. And he shouldn't be let off the hook here either. But this is what happens. All of this. Is what happens when you are conditioned as a baseball team, as a baseball management, that the games that are being played in front of you, the event that's taking place before your eyes, doesn't matter. This is what happens. That manager in his head is thinking about saving this guy, saving that guy. And not grasping in any healthy way what's right there, what's right there on the mound in front of him. Charrington talked about this too. This was the day after. And yeah, I don't want to go too far here in reading into what he said, but let's just say he made absolutely zero excuses for Shelton. In fact, he really didn't even address shelton's part in it instead he gave what felt like an obligatory blame me it was my fault it was uh it it was my responsibility that the team was down by as many runs as it was we really shouldn't even be trying to get into those situations but he never addressed the actual situation he never got specific and said hey We really don't need to be leaving anyone out there for 56 pitches in a single inning, whether they're a valued prospect or just a journeyman reliever who finally got promoted to the bigs at age 28. Because we don't need that stigma attached to us when it comes to signing other pitchers, and you'd better believe they've got one now if they didn't before. Both of them, both Charrington and Shelton, need to get a hell of a lot more serious about what's happening right in front of them. When we come back, J1Q. And today's J1Q comes from Tommy who asks, with four established big league players about to come back, do you think Jack Suwinski and O'Neill Cruz are safe from getting sent back down? It might sound stupid, but a few young guys are going to go back to the minors. They are, Tommy. I I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the idea. Uh, and I think you are too, judging by the way you uh, followed up on that by saying it would sound stupid. Um, with the Pirates and coming off of That nonsense that I just described in the opening segment, it it can't be ruled out, all right? But I don't think it's going to happen. Cruz has hit the ball solidly. No one in the organization is or should be remotely concerned with his batting average being around 200. His principal thing is hitting the ball hard. He's done that a lot, and he's done it in a few cases right at players. That's the kind of stuff that they track. Nobody's looking at batting average. And anybody who is probably better off checking the calendar, this is not a statistic that people inside baseball are referencing hardly at all anymore. Why? Because a batter can't control, for the most part, where he hits the ball or where they're positioned. When you're in the big leagues, and you're facing 97-mile-an-hour heat and all kinds of different weapons in the pitcher's arsenal. You're looking to put a barrel on that ball. If you do that, more often than not, you'll be rewarded and Cruz will be rewarded. Swinski, I can't even I can't even take that part of the question. I mean, he's just he's been outstanding. Uh, he's been in some ways uh, a godsend, really. This team, this organization appeared to be so desperately wanting for corner outfielders just, what, like two months ago? And this kid comes along with that natural swing, uh, particularly at PNC Park, that's going to lead him to either a lot of home runs or a lot of bangs off of that Clemente wall, like the one that he had Sunday against Milwaukee. I'm not going to be so daring as to say that Sewinski's never going to spend another day in the minors. You never say never. If he were to have some kind of massive slump, everyone could very conveniently bring up that he's never spent a single day in Indianapolis. Remember, he came here straight from Altoona. So it could be justified, but I don't see it. Uh, to me, he, in every way, looks like Brian Reynolds from 2019. Uh, obviously, Reynolds was way, way, way more productive. But this kid's showing pop that's just uncommon across the game. You can't send him down. So who is going to go down? Somebody's going to go down. And by the way, Charrington did very strongly hint at that over the weekend. As I see it, you've got some pretty easy candidates in Hoy Park, Tucapita, Marcano, Bly Madris. Nobody wants to hear the latter one, but I'm at least throwing out names that are more likely than the two that you brought up. As for who's coming up, that's going to be Kevin Newman, Yoshi Tsutsugo, Ben Gamble, Jake Marisnick. before long. And that's going to make everybody very unhappy. I'm aware of that. I'm, I'm bracing for it and eager to discuss it on this program once it happens. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow.